This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by TrekFan. TrekFan isn't just a Star Trek fan club, it's a challenge. You will explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. And in the spirit of an enlightened future, TrekFan is absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. T. Earl Grey, hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Philip Gilfus, sitting in the center chair this week. Let me just give a slight tug on my uniform here before we get started. <clears throat> okay, there. All right, I'm joined, as always, by my outstanding co-host, Science Officer Daniel Prue, who... Wait, wait, Daniel, weren't you just wearing a different uniform an hour ago? Look, Philip, I, I mean, this is the 24th century. I know we're supposed to be a semi military kind of organization but we have a sense of fashion and when you have when you have unlimited resources when it comes to uniforms you can come up with a new one every day why would you ever wear the same uniform twice it seems like it's changing every 10 minutes here okay well let let me go to my other fantastic co-host counselor darren moser darren wait didn't I see you throwing a scant out of an airlock earlier today? Uh, no, Philip. I didn't throw a scant out the airlock. I threw them all out the airlock. They are gone forever. <laughs> I can't see how anyone could make any more. So I'm just so relieved that this scant crisis is over. Wait, wait. Oh, uh, dang it. And, replicators. And, there, and there's been... <laughs> And there's been scant of a glance of them hereafter. Okay, well, as folks can probably tell, we're, we're t- talking a little, uh, I don't know, inside baseball, behind the scenes, whatever. Um, we're going to talk about the costumes and uniforms of the next generation. So, uh, you know, we usually talk episodes and characters. Now we're going to talk costumes, because like Standard Orbit, we also talk in C's. Um, so <laughs> the first thing we want to talk about is just, you know, your pretty basic stuff, and that's the Starfleet uniforms. You know, we went through many changes here on The Next Generation, and so we're just going to start where they started with. The old spandex onesie is what I call it. I'm sure that's not the official name. But that's the uni- Starfleet uniform we had in Seasons 1 and 2. Um, and if you remember, that's sort of the... Uh, you know, no collar, sort of the the special color border outline there on top, and all that stuff. So, uh, Darren, since this did b- bring in the scants, um, <laughs> what did you think of the uh, the season one, season two, early Starfleet uniforms? I think they were good. I, I think they were a good progression. You know, from the original series. I mean, it still had a lot of color on them, and you had you know the little detailing like the pinstriping on the shoulders. But I think the the biggest, you know, change was the fact that command and operations switch colors. And that, you know, I'm sure you had the diehard fans going, why is the captain in red? Do you want him to die? Is he going to not survive the pilot? But, uh, no, I think, I think these uniforms, you know, worked. I, I mean, I definitely, from what I've heard from the actors, wouldn't want to wear them. Apparently they were the most uncomfortable things to wear ever but as far as how they looked i I think they look good yeah and i think are are they called spats or whatever basically there's a the hook you put under your boot there in your pants so your uniform is basically pulling you down in that in that onesie that they're wearing so they always felt like the character the actors are felt like they're always being dragged down until they got their sort of a little more free uh uniforms but that's curious i forgot about the the color change i didn't even think about that that's a perfect point there to go from tos to, to tng with the different colors which but is- at least science blue stayed the same and we, all the science blue we saw oh wait no we we didn't see a lot of science yeah good thing speaking good of thing. S- <laughs> <laughs> they're, like, they're, they're thinking and science blue was completely removed oh wait there's one in the background half an hour into the pilot phew Gene Roddenberry's like, no Vulcans, no blue. We're starting north from the beginning. 
So, Daniel, what did you think of the spandex onesies? Uh, you know, like like Darren, I like them just fine. I don't think there's anything offensive about them from a, from a viewer's perspective, and clearly they kind of set the tone for what comes after. Um, and obviously, we get the change very quickly, but we'll get into that. I don't want to. I don't want to, you know, speed that up. What I do like, though, is like occasionally when they'll when we'll time travel or we'll show something from a from a previous period, we get to see them again, especially most notably in um, in All Good Things when, yeah. when uh, like our main cast is put back into those uniforms. And you know, once you, you start watching the, the the seasons where it changes. And then all of a sudden you're brought back to that time period. You do get to see that contrast. And uh, while I do prefer those newer uniforms, um, the older ones, they, they do hold up well. Uh, obviously, you know, obviously, like like you said, Philip, that it was because of, you know, mostly because of the actors were like experiencing health issues, like back problems from, from those uniforms that made and them the change smell. them. And the smell, right? Yeah, they said spandex apparently traps the smell, but... Um, yeah, I, I like them just fine. Um, but well, I like the I, one I, thing about the, the men had to have it like a good little chest hair, like it was the seventies, you know, and the, <laughs> do a little poof right out there. So you got to see like Riker and, and, and Picard sporting a little seventies there. And apparently and they're very easy to slightly, uh, zip down when the mood's right. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly, not now, Beverly. <laughs> Well, you know, the weird thing, well, not the weird thing, but the, the interesting thing or curious thing about this uniform is it actually stayed for many, many seasons because, you know, this uniform would be like the lowly ensign would be wearing or the crewman. It was in the background. You know, that's how you could tell, like, you're walking and, like, not oh, collar. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, collar, important person, collar, important person, no collar. Pinstripe. Uh, it's nameless extra uh, number five. Pinstripe. <laughs> But yeah, so I and, have to pay attention on when they stop using them. I think maybe they use them the whole seven years for all I know. They it, might have. It, it's weird. Like I, I try. I don't try to pay attention to this because I don't care that much. But like I'll notice, like even in the later seasons, like there's they have a weird combination of the two uniforms. I don't know if it was easy just to continue manufacturing the spandex type of uniforms, and then they just altered the design slightly or what. But it's like there are like weird mixtures of the two where it loses the colored bar on the collar completely but you can tell it still zips up the front and it's still that older kind of design and it's still a one suit it's a one like a onesie thing so it's like really strange like it's hard to say when that is is stopped being used in the series and i remember later you kind of had you know for the on the men you had kind of the double pleat lines kind of down the front some had that and then some had like the solid chest like it was just one piece so there was a lot of variation in the costuming minor and, and, minor minute things and, and, that only super fans would <laughs> obsess about and not that the women wouldn't have had complaints but thinking about the male actors maybe another complaint was when they were zipping it up front they just like had half their chest hair come off and then so like can we have something that zips up in the back that'd be really awesome but um <laughs> but uh yeah with season three came along and with that came new uniforms and that's the ones that you know mostly people think as the traditional tng uniforms so sort of the the two-piece well it depends if uh, some of the women had it as a one-piece still um two-piece <sighs> uniform one-piece uniform um with the collars and no more braids and all that stuff and sort of the ones that are a little bit more traditional so um Daniel, I'll 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 uh, go to you. You know, like putting putting Troy in a uniform, and we put all our characters in these <laughs> uniforms in season three. What'd you think of the sort of the collar tops, for lack of a better word? The collar makes all the difference to me. Um, it really, it feels more uniform like. It feels more respectable. It feels more. Um, I don't even know the right word to use, but it's like less casual, I guess, but not uncomfortable. It feels like. These are professional people doing professional jobs in a, in a very serious environment where, who knows, you could, you could die in the next five minutes. Um, I think, obviously, of the TNG, of the TNG show uniforms, um, my favorite, not that there's a, a huge... But it's what we get to see them in for most of the series. And it's what people associate with TNG. Like, because we're the only series that did this, obviously. Both, D both Deep Space Nine and Voyager went into a different direction after this. But uh, you know, I, I love I love that uniform. It's 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 quintessential TNG to me, and uh, I think it's great. Yeah. What about you, Darren? 
Yeah, I definitely really liked it when they add the collars. I echo pretty much everything you know Daniel had to say about it. it. It's just it comes down to in our society, you know, something without a collar is like a T-shirt, and something with a collar is like a business suit, and it just, it, yeah, it, it oozes that professionality. But I also liked you know how in these first few seasons, though, between a combination of Riker's beard and the spandex, you could pretty much identify what season you were watching just by those two markers alone. No beard Riker? Must be season one. Pinstriping in the background, but Riker has a beard? Must be season two. And then, you know, but then after season three, it all kind of gets muddled a little bit, but it's a good, it's a good marker for playing the uh, guess what episode this is trivia game. Yeah, and and you know with this uniform, uh, the collar top, I'm sure that's not the official term. Um so there's some modifications, right? So Beverly, you know, had her medical jacket, right? Because I guess, you know, pockets. She needed at least two pockets to hide the hypospray and medical tricorder and Picard love notes or whatever. Um so that was <laughs> sort of her modification. Right. And then uh, of course Worf, um when the oh, and I'm doing this all the time I had some When did his new it's called a Baldric, right? When did his new Baldric debut? Because he had his like gold one in season two, one. I think, I think it was, it was okay, so he still had the two. So he still had the spandex when he got the new one, but but at least Worf got to wear his whatever Baldrick, I think that's what it's called. So that was that was his sort of his change from the seasons two. Plus his uh, headdress. Or his his forehead. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which you know I mean, to, to skip back a little bit. So Worf's, you know, season one thing, which, I mean, you know, he's there in the back because of racism. Um, but, I mean, it doesn't look that bad until you see the new one. Because it's like, okay, it's like a goal. Because it kind of looks like a TOS kind of thing, right, that he's wearing. And then when you see, like, the new one in season two, like, oh, well, that's awesome. Like the, the bike chain, whatever you call that. <laughs> no, it's exactly it. I mean, it's the same thing with the colors. It's like, okay, they look good in season one, but then they look great in season three and it's just it's like wow okay you improved on it this is better and uh, you know not to get too far off track but especially if you consider Worf as kind of a microcosm of of TNG. that's voyager that's macrocosm <laughs> <laughs> of tng you know costuming and stuff like he looks better as the series goes on his hair changes his makeup changes his his clothes change and like i was watching uh, season seven i was watching um parallels Mm. too long ago and i think this is the that was the first episode i remember and i don't even it might be the only episode that i know of where he's like his they put his they let his hair down he's got this like really long flowing hair like really long i think they let it down when he was in the cave like looking for calis oh yeah you're right and getting all like super spiritual i think that but but it's very rare that he lets his hair down And yeah, it's, and the uh, priests were braiding you know, it and talking about boys and ordering pizza. Wait, no, something else. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just it's just interesting that you that you brought Worf's his little thing up, his whatever sash or whatever. Um, but um, because he looks of all the characters, he looks the most different from season to season to season to season, and he looks, I think, better the later the later on. As long as there's no Troy on his arm, he looks great. In my opinion. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just replace it with a bat lift. That's fine. Um, yeah, because I'm in season six right now of my rewatch, and to me, that's when everyone starts looking season seven and season six. Like they finally hit it in like right. the th- first third of season six. Like we got it, guys. We got it. It took us five and a half years, six, <laughs> but we got it. You know, because like Worf, like I can't remember. I, I was reading my companion, uh, Larry Nemechek's companion. It's like this is the first episode when Worf finally gets a ponytail. You know, and so right. season six. And so it's sort of interesting to see those. Which made his hair look course, way better. <laughs> yeah. and, and I already I already talked about it. Season six is when Troy gets put in a uniform. She gets her collar, um, which I was reading. Oh, I was reading something. Or you mean put back in a uniform because she was wearing one in the <laughs> well, pilot. In the pilot. pilot. Kind of. Right. But you threw all the scants out of the, out of the airlock, Darren, that was so after you can't blame her. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, and that was the whole thing of, of what you guys said with the collars. I mean, we've talked about this before, and you know, one day, week, year when we do our Troy episode, you know, we'll talk about the fact that you know when she got an actual collar where you could see her actual rank, she got actual storylines. <laughs> and it's <laughs> and like, so, why couldn't they actually put her rank on her other uniform? It's like there, there's really well, no reason I not think there to. Was a- 
there was already enough attention being <laughs> called to that area without putting pimps on there. Ensigns would walk up to her and being like, hi, Commander, I was just checking uh, your, your rank. Yeah, of course she knows exactly what they're thinking. Well, no, because it. really, if, if there's no rank pips, you're going to call her lieutenant. Okay, maybe that. Uh, I get it. I get maybe, it. Maybe that on. joke is inappropriate. You can send those emails <laughs> to one up. But um, you know, it's like I've said before. Once the writers started taking Troy seriously, like then you know, then we as viewers took Troy seriously. I just watched that episode also. You know, uh, where she Disaster. gets promoted, and I oh, was actually yeah. reading Memory Alpha. Yeah, th- th- well, it was it was. Um, it was later than that, but I know that was kind of what spurred her. Disaster was what spurred yeah. it. Yeah, it was in, um, oh, guys, I talked Thine Own Self. Thine Own Self, thank you. And I was reading Memory Alpha about it just because, you know, that's what I do when I watch an episode. And Ron Moore talks about it. And as much as much respect as I have for Ron Moore, I, I do. I think he's brilliant uh, in a lot of ways. But he was talking about, um, like, somebody had suggested, hey, maybe. I guess there was a book or something that, that kind of put forth that maybe Troy – Maybe Troy might be inspired by the events of disaster to take her job more seriously. And they were like, this sounds like a really interesting story idea. And I'm, and of course, and we're like, duh, do something like <laughs> do something good with this character anyways. But, but, but the, but the, like you said, the putting her in that uniform made the whole difference, all the difference in the world for that character. And then another modification, if we want to call it that to that uniform. Oh, and you, you guys have to help me what season this was. Four or five? Captain Picard's Captain's Jacket. Oh, the Captain's four. Jacket. I think it was four. It was right before Darmok, wasn't it? Yeah. Or was Darmok the first episode? I can't remember. Yeah, because I might yeah, have been before it, but it was Darmok. definitely highlighted in Darmok. It was definitely what an a... Ensign Row because he got to show that his top also came off as well as Ensign Row. <laughs> <laughs> well, he what tried a... before, and it was just all the chest hair. That's all you saw because <laughs> he's like, oh, that's right. This doesn't exist yet. And it's, but you know what, like, okay, so obviously TOS kind of started that theme, right? When Kirk just randomly started wearing this weird green, green pajama top. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant taking around. his shirt off, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so, but, so like, like Kirk had his own special uniform that his he could just put captains. on for no reason. There was never any explanation given. But only and the captain is, wore it. So it was kind exactly. of like a captain thing. It's a captain's prerogative, right? And then we get that, obviously. And I like it. I like the that top, and it's got like the top. the The coat has like a felty. Yeah, it's of, like super like thick velvet. I don't red. know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I think it's great. I lo- like. It's only in a couple of episodes, and I'm glad. I'm not. I'm glad it wasn't like his thing that he wore every single episode. Yeah. But it feels special when he wears it. And it's just like, oh, today I feel like wearing my cool, my cool jacket. He's like the Fonz. Hey, I feel cool today. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, Picard is not like the Fonz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lordy. I could try to think of some jumping the shark for the 24th century. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he had that sort of blue undershirt with the, co- you know, pits on the collar. So it's like jacket off and then jacket on. Depends how I'm feeling. So, yeah, that's kind of, you know, does that mean like captains are also like admirals where they get to design their own? Because you never saw any other captain wearing that same jacket you well, know no so one, was it a was a flagship uh only the flagship captain gets the cool jacket <laughs> at a big you so it's know, like it's like it's like a back. it's like a letter like you know in varsity football mix. or something like it's got he's a got a big e, e on, on the side <laughs> for enterprise not for the ship <laughs> right right after e, the, yeah. or ecstasy and eh, never mind <laughs> um yeah Okay, and so, I mean, we could go on and on, but we're trying to, we got lots to do here, so, and then that was sort of it, and then in Generations, we get the, oh, look, 10 minutes have passed, time to put on a new uniform. Oh, gosh. And this is where we go from oh, sort of man. the pop collar to the DS9 Voyager, I don't think there was, you know, Voyager was there? Anyway, you get the, to the jumpsuit. No Voyager at that point, but yeah. Yeah, so basically DS9 uniform. So the, sho- the, the colored shoulders, as it were. Yes. Voyager yeah. came out like two months later, didn't it, or like a month later? Yeah, yeah. This was yeah. I, you appro- appropriately marked it, Philip, as confusion because it was. <laughs> oh my gosh! I mean, we talked about this when we did generations, but oh my gosh! I, I really just wish they had just stuck with whatever new ones they had designed or whatever. But who knows if those had stuck? Like what? What changes? You know, it could have changed everything for uniforms going further. 
but even then, like, fine, don't – you have this uniform design you're trying out. It obviously got to the later stages because they manufactured toys based on it. Okay, fine, that didn't work out. Why would you not just put everyone back in their old uniforms at that point? You already have them. Like, it, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I don't – I'm with you. Why would you do yeah. half and half? This makes no sense under any circumstances. Well, yeah, I just feel like there should be like a wear, you know, it wasn't like there, there's like a wear two day, which I don't know, this, this may be just a, a an army thing, but like, you know, when there's a new uniform, like, okay, you can wear your old one to, you know, August. And people will be like, well, they said till August, so I'm going to wear it till August. I'm like, no, you change it now. Don't be one of those people. Don't be that guy. All right. And I feel like that was just the but people as like, we pointed I'm going to wear out, the color pop. <laughs> but no, as we pointed out, this is the 24th century. You could just, you know, when you're done with your shift on whatever day this is, that uniform change day, you you get in your, you know, pajamas, you take your uniform, you put it in the replicator, you push the button, it disappears and magically reappears as the new uniform. Everyone does this, and then we're good. Next day, complete change. Well, I thought the one interesting thing about Generations uniform switch, merry-go-round, musical chairs, was that I think you saw almost everyone, Picard Riker... Worf, um, I think Worf. No, maybe not Worf. I think, okay, my point is you saw everyone change their uniform except, I think, Worf and Troy both stayed in the cl- the classic generations uniform, TNG uniform the whole time. You never saw Worf or Troy in the jumpsuit. Or Guinan. You know what, well. what, really, what really makes no sense to me? And Star Trek movies in general have this problem. Like, there's always, like, talks... And I guess probably most movies have this problem, and I'm just not aware of it because I don't really pay that much attention. But um, it's always it's, it's always about budget, right? It's always about like what what can we afford? But to me, what makes no sense is, especially in a movie like Generations, where they already have a lot of their standing sets built, and even if you, of course, they they obviously modified them and added a whole bunch more lights, and then um, turned just, them all off, <laughs> um, like. You're already ahead of the game. So why is it a huge budget issue to, to manufacture new costumes for these people? Well, and it's not even like there's... the Enterprise B and... It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not even like these people... And I guarantee you the Enterprise B set was a redress of something they had already used in, in Star Trek. And it's not even like... Like, these people change costumes that much in the movie. Like most of them spend the entire movie in the same uniform that they that they're in the whole time, so I just don't understand. Like, if it, is it really a budget issue that they couldn't afford new uniforms for everybody? Why why is this even a thing? I, I think they spent all the money on the uh, holodeck captain sailboat uniforms, and so all of those oh, braids I think are true. solid gold. Those were captains. The captain so. crunch uniforms. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's true. That's true. Yeah, and even on that, I, I didn't a, get a rank on it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read a quote from Brent Spine of this. He, he felt like Liberace sitting there at the ops console in that, you know, sailor's get up. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, uh, well, we left those quickly behind when um, First Contact came out, and we got yeah. the, uh, the uh, awesome TNG-only uniforms um, uh, that we got for First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis, yeah, I said it. Um, These looked really look, good. So yeah, yeah, Darren, kick us off. What, what do you think of the, the the TNG movie uniforms? I I loved them. I think they should have, again, like they should have used them in generations. Like if this had been the jump, I think it would have been awesome. Uh, I think adding a third color was really smart. The kind of the gray shoulders, and you know, yes, uh, as I've stated before, the diminishing, shrinking color palette. Uh, you know, you know, from chest to shoulders to collar and onward, you know, yeah, I, I do kind of. It makes it a little harder to tell between groups, but it does. The more uniform, not in the term of clothing, but more as like the, all not, the same. yeah, they're all the same. The more uniform the uniforms are, it, the more professional everyone seems to be. And so everyone was – and look, everyone was doing their thing. You were down on the planet. You were fixing the Phoenix. I think they all had a little extra spring in their step based on their uniforms. And it wasn't because of the particles around the planet. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they also had that little dash of color on their sleeve. So right. like kind of like where the TOS rank would be. So you also had that little thing if you didn't if you couldn't see where the, you know, if someone has like a beard or something like war, if you can't see what their collar color is, you just go down to their sleeve, you know. 
So, uh, well, everyone so knew was, what Worf was because he's just, he's Worf. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you mean? I don't see him for one year, and then he just shows up on the Enterprise. I forget what rank he is. Wait, wait, he's well, wearing what, red now. I thought he was well, wearing yellow the last time I saw him. Orf in red <laughs> and orange and gold and blue and pink. And... Well, you know, Orf. speaking of Worf, not to take a step back real quick, but like when he showed up in Way of the Warrior in Deep Space Nine, shouldn't he have been wearing the jumpsuit already? Because we saw him, you know, generations. They should have been making the change to the jumpsuit, but he showed up in the... There's no time classic. to talk about the time. This isn't <laughs> the time. I also would argue that in Death Wish Voyager, Riker should have been in the other uniform. But anyway. Oh, but but so. that was back to, I always felt that they were station uniforms and then like, star, you know, starship operations uniforms. I really like that dichotomy how, because Cisco was wearing an, uh, a red chest, you know, in the beginning of yeah. the pilot and then shifted to his station uniform. Which, after. which, okay, like, I understand that fans do this. They retcon it in their mind to say right. that that's a thing that would be a thing. But but uh, I think on it's a T- thing. It's on totally TNG, a thing. we have been to space stations before that have used the TNG uniform. So I don't understand why. Like, okay, I like. Uh, trust me, I understand making up a, a rational reason why this might be why it is. And I don't like to me. Like, I watch Team Space Nine, and they're just wearing different uniforms. I don't know why. It doesn't make sense to me. But because it's this, darker, the uniform is just to be grittier. <laughs> this justification, I hear this all the time. That that. <laughs> This is like a a space station uniform as opposed to a spaceship uniform. I don't understand this. This makes no. That's no a, sense that's to a me. good point, Daniel. I hadn't thought about the other uh, space stations we've gone to, and that where they aren't different. You know, it's just the standard uniform. So, but you know, I still like and the then, theory. And then generations throws that into the <laughs> entire. You know, well because they're well because they're near a station. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like. The Bajoran re- religion is offended by too much color on your shirts or something. I don't know. Come up with some Wait, other I, reason. Kira's Kira, wearing all red. All well, I know. Color. I know it doesn't make sense. I know. I know. I'm just saying come up with some silly reason that, that might work. Like, I don't know. Uh, that is a silly reason, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Daniel's always going to blame it on the Bajorans no matter what. So, um, but, but Daniel, back to talking about awesome things. So the uh, TNG movie uniforms. Because even then, Picard had his captain's classic because even Cisco had it too later that we saw, but he gets his own vest. See my vest, see my vest. My name is Captain Picard. I'm the best, you know? So he had that. So, uh, so what do you think of the, the movie uniforms? Love them. I mean, of course, I don't know. I can't, I don't think you'll find a Star Trek fan that does not love the first contact uniforms They're They are the best uniforms in Star Trek. In my opinion, I don't think, uh, I don't even know what would really compete with them. They because you know what it is. It's like there's there's TOS especially gets gets kind of a sometimes gets teased because like you're just wearing brightly colored t-shirts and and I I, I like those uniforms. Don't get me wrong, but and then TNG is the same kind of thing. You got this big giant emblem and it's which is fine, but but then in First Contact it's like. This looks like a like a uniform that people would use. Like this, this is a functional. It's not about flash. It's it's more about function. It's about what are you trying to convey with the little that you have. And I don't know. I just I think it's the best uniform in Star Trek. And I I hope any future Star Trek will will take its uh, will take take its inspiration from that. And I will say also that I do think that the the origins of the first contact uniform design as much as i may be loath to say this come from season 2 in tng when they gave wesley the uh <laughs> the gray the gray jumpsuit the gray jumpsuit yeah you know what oh my gosh you're right that's exactly what it looks like doesn't it at the top oh my god <laughs> oh wow yeah, just dye the rest black and that's oh, basically wait, the uniform. are you are you retconning that in after the final journey that West becomes not only a traveler but a tailor. He, also become, <laughs> he goes back in time also... and because becomes the tailor. <laughs> Wait, is he traveler, tailor, spy? Is that what it is? <laughs> ensign spy, acting ensign spy. 
Does he? Is he? Well, he was a tinkerer. He played in engineering a lot. This this, this explains a lot. Oh, oh look dude. at this! This is and awesome. And if, if if we consider, let's just say this too. If we consider that uniform as kind of a prototypical first contact uniform, first duty is also the first time we ever really get the the origin of jumpsuit. the Deep Space Nine jumps jumpsuit as well. So he. So we can thank Will Wheaton. Wow. Everybody should oh thank gosh. their lucky stars for Will Wheaton being the origin of almost most of the this, the Starfleet fashion well, that we get actually, to see. Now Wesley Crusher fashion maven. Well, and also, now that I'm thinking about it, wasn't the Bolian female in Allegiance wearing a, the the uh, jumpsuit? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. She was, I, she was a cadet. Right. But she it was she wasn't in, like, the, the, the color wasn't on her chest. It was the shoulder... The shoulder jumpsuit, right? They were starting to mix and match them. So, but yeah, no oh, this... love, love first. Contact. Oh yeah, you're right. No, you're right about that. Actually, no, that is a little bit before that, huh? Or is it? I don't know if oh, it's before that. I don't remember timeline wise. It must. I'm sure DS9 was going on at the time, but I'm just saying. Uh, no, it wasn't. Again, the it, more into the theory of the station versus you know other operations. Oh yeah, you're right. Although to saying. be fair, she was an alien. So we don't know. She could have gotten it just all confused. And didn't. Why yes, do you got Daniel, it? Why can't you trust the aliens? are aliens. <laughs> well, what you was know her what I mean. name, she guys? Was, she huh? <laughs> what was her name? <laughs> you know what I meant. She was the culprit. Mendo. Oh, dang. No, it's okay. <laughs> Mendame. Well, <laughs> well, well, moving on from the awesome uniforms, um, we're going to kind of backtrack here and talk about another evolution. Um, and that's actually, it's not on the outline, we're going to talk about it anyway, just because you brought it up, uh, Darren, you made me think about this. So the evolution from Starfleet uniforms. So we had TOS, the super pajamas. Then we go to the motion picture, which, you know, had its, I forget what, what uh, Chris Jones calls it, but the uh, the junk trunk, I don't know, special thing. Um, and then belt, we go to the- I just remember the, the belt uh, buckles. <laughs> yes. Then we go to the maroon, whatever they're called, um, the maroon uh, uh, TOS movie uniforms. Starfleet Academy, so the, yes. Was what it became. Yeah, 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 and so the that was sort of the because in TNG when we saw flashbacks, like even Picard had that maroon, like maybe it looked a little bit different. Basically, that maroon. So we go from maroon to spandex onesie. Like, does that evolution make sense? Because I think one thing you, I forget, Daniel, you may have said this about that the TNG uniforms, or at least the uh, the movie ones, maybe all of them, they seem utilitarian, right? You know, you can be rumble tumble fight. I don't think you could do that in the maroon of the TOS uniform. Like that's very crisp, but like you know the designers going those like collars. You know it looks really good, but you can't really roll around with the Gorn and that. Let's go back to a little more uh, tighter, moisture wicking uniform. The thing about the maroon uniforms from Star Trek's, uh, I guess two through six, right? That's when they they start yeah. two and they go all the way through six. Um, the thing about them is that the, to me, and I've said this before, like I really think. That you they they must keep the enterprise at like fifty five degrees in, <laughs> in order for that to be comfortable because yeah. not only like you can see the thick cotton undershirt that they're wearing on top of this really thick and they also looking, have those big jackets with like the giant yeah, solar the system big, patch on the side really big jackets and which makes sense so this is what this is what ended, what ended up happening uh, Starfleet went through a green movement where they didn't keep their starships so cool you know what I'm saying so um, every time we see a flashback in TNG to that era, they lose that undershirt. So they're just wearing the maroon jacket on top of, I assume, nothing. And now who's retconning, Daniel? <laughs> now who's retconning? <laughs> yeah, those. I, I love those uniforms, honestly, as much as the next Trek fan, but they look way too warm to be wearing in any reasonable circumstance. Well, that's a well, good it, point. It was... Well, that's a good point I hadn't thought about is, yeah, every time, like, you know, when the Bozeman comes forward or anytime we see someone pulled from time, they're always in the maroon uniform. And I'm like, wait, so we just happen to never see someone from the Kirk era with like the Kirk era uniforms. You'd think that's what they would show because that would be the, Oh, they were connecting it to TOS, but they technically only go so far back as wrath of Khan. It's like, they can't go. I mean, except for, you know, trouble and tribulations, but. Yeah, it'd be awesome to see that motion picture uniform just once. You know, they go to time travel, like, we're from the later 23rd century, and we you can see our junk. You know, I don't know, whatever you call those uniforms. But, uh, yeah, the 70s, they also have lower-cut chest hair uh, openings there for that one. Let's not even talk about what McCoy was wearing in that movie. <laughs> it's called a beard, Darren, and it's normal. Um, well, you know, Daniel... I know. Daniel, your your green movement theory was actually going to be what I was going to use in TG because we go from moisture wicking spandex to 
the, the movie Captain uniform, <laughs> which also is like five layers. So I think, you know, after the uh, the episode where they learn where warp drive is polluting subspace, they're like, oh, guys, all right, guys, we got to cut down on our energy. You know, just like Jimmy Carter, we're, we're putting down the thermostat to 55, like uh, you said. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I'm like, those are a lot of layers to be wearing with those movie uniforms. Because, I mean, because, like, you go from the, the, the jumpsuit, with uh, Deep Space Nine, that looks like a thin, you know, like Voyager. I think, like, I think the undershirt for first contact uniforms looks a little thicker. And then on top of that, you have the jacket. And then my question with the captain's vest, do you wear the vest under the jacket or do you take the jacket off and then put the vest on? I mean, there's a, the captains are very cold is all I'm saying. Well, you know that they always say that the head is in that room just off to the left, but it's actually the captain's closet, and it's got just all these jackets and different layer types. And because I mean, it's it's a mix, it's a mix and match affair. You know, when the Ferengi are on the view screen, you want to look your best. Right now, I'm just picturing some Star Trek South Park mix where, like, Riker goes into the ready room. Where's Captain Picard? Uh, Captain Picard's in the closet. Captain Picard, will you come out of the closet? You know, anyway. <laughs> but, um, you know, wait, one other evolution. Whoa, where, how did you get connect connect these wait dots for me? Wait, wait yeah. a minute. <laughs> wait a oh, Philip. Wait a minute. We are crossing way too many streams right now. Okay, and another evolution we saw, and I know we're kind of going back and forth here, is sort of the dress uniforms of Starfleet. Um, and I think there were only three, but feel free to correct me. We started off with the full dress uniform that was actually a dress. Uh, I think it was ankle length um, uh, dress uniform. It also had like like, a gold braid along the the forward flap seam. Yeah, which I don't even know if they put rank on it the first time. They may have. I can't remember. Um, But then I guess maybe one of the actors tripped and and fell downstairs or something because eventually they kind of, you know, took the hem up um, and made it sort of a mini skirt uh, dress uniform instead so you could actually see pants. Um, And so that was pretty much what was used standard. Um, Like I was just watching a Deep Space Nine episode, um, still season one, where they're using that TNG dress uniform. That's sort of the great connector. It doesn't matter whether it's Deep Space Nine or TNG. They both have that same dress uniform. Um, And then we go to, uh, I guess, Insurrection. was the first time you saw the movie dress uniform that was all white. And then if you were anyone but the captain, you had the little blue uh, in the middle. And then if you were captain, awesome. Then you just had all white there. So Like a dinner so any, jacket. Yeah, like a dress mess there. So would, would you all, any thoughts about the dress uniforms of TNG? I love dress uniforms. I don't know what it is. I think they're great. Even the silly, like, long dress ones that you were talking about, I think they're fun. Well, maybe the first ones were a little too dress-like, but um, I always like to see how they kind of mix and match what they're going to do with the uniforms for these special occasions. And, like, I like that it, it pulls across and goes down instead. I, I, I Especially, of course, I do. I think that the, the movie dress uniforms are the best. I really think that the white ones are very classy. And uh, I don't have anything bad to say, but I, the only thing that I would have... To, to say about the dress uniforms is how inconsistent they are. Like we never get like, especially in the series, we never get like a set dress uniform. Like this is how it's going to be. But uh, I like, I like them. I like seeing these special uniforms every once in a while, once a season, twice a season, maybe it it just kind of shakes things up a little bit. And I think the, um, was it one of the first Troy episodes? Because they introduced the dress uniform. I don't know if it was in season one, but it was definitely in season two because the dress uniform had the collar. And so you see you see them going from, you know, spandex to the dress uniform, and they're like, huh, collar. That looks really good. Huh, I'll have to remember that one. I really liked in the dress uniforms how they had the rank forward-facing, you know, on that part of the the flap. I thought that was really, it it was different enough. It really showed the rank off. Uh, I mean, Captain Picard, especially with his four pips there. But no, I I really liked it. It really, it felt like a dress uniform. It felt like this was for something special. It had a lot of color. And uh, I think they they worked well. Yeah, and I think from a practical standpoint, um, putting on the pips on your dress uniform is much easier than putting it on your collar. I mean, you need like a protractor and like a balance and a ruler to figure out how to get those things at the right angle without it just looking weird. Like I have my own little 
uh, uniforms hanging up here, uh, TNG and the jumpsuit um, top at least. And so like putting on those pips, they always look like so weird. But like, yeah, straight row, pretty easy to put on. All right. Well, we we kind of have uh, talked about all the awesome uniforms. Now it's time to talk into maybe a less than impressive part about costuming in the 24th century, and that's civilian clothes. So, you know, you're the designers of what does the future look like? Okay, Starfleet, here we go. Okay, what do they wear when they're not wearing their uniforms? And that's when we run into some trouble here. So I don't know if you guys have some examples, but I'm just going to go ahead and start it and give you maybe some time to think of it. Perhaps my, my favorite, uh, and that would be hand quote, uh, civilian dress. You know, Anvos, if, if that's the name of the company, you know, they sell like the great, uh, you get the TNG top, you can get that custom made. You can even get the Captain Picard jacket that we talked about special made. Now I'm waiting for them to come out with the Captain Picard sleeping robe because <laughs> I want a robe that only goes down to my thigh. And that's what you wear to bed. Uh, you know, I'm glad Sir Patrick has great legs. You know, that's great. I'm, I'm sure that's what got the ladies there for Captain Picard. But, like, you see him just in his quarters, you know, waking up during an emergency. I'm like, oh, God, put some, can you put some pants on. I mean, you know, it's, it's don't please don't drop anything. That's all I'm saying. Um, you know, and, and I guess throughout the whole series, when you just saw both men and women civilian clothes, you're thinking, Really? My favorite was, you know, whenever Jordy wanted to go on a nice holodeck date and dress up really nice, he just had the loudest pattern and colors on his shirt. But yeah, it, it, uh, yeah, I'd say, um, uh, yeah, that, yeah, definitely Jordy's, okay. you know, <laughs> there Jordy's, is Jordy's uniform or you know, formal attire. It just. It didn't quite. It didn't quite work, and that's what's hard. It's really hard to design for the future and with fashion. I mean, Star Wars does it relatively well, but even some of that is it feels very seventies, and it's just it's always going to feel like the decade your stuff is made in to some extent. You know, I, I don't know that that's true because there are episodes of TOS that I watch, and I'll see these unif- not uniforms. Are you talking about the just... hippie uniform? No, I'm not talking right about that there. At all. I'm just saying. There, there are there are times that I'll see civilian. Most of the time, it looks goofy and silly, but that's what TOS kind of looks like most of the time. But there are times when I'll see, you like costumes that look not terrible. That I'm like, okay, I mean, I can I can get what they're going for. But with TNG, actually, frankly, with TNG, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, I can't think of a single time that they like knocked it out of the park with civilian clothing where it was just like oh this looks like uh, something a normal person would wear and when philip is asking for specific examples i have to bring up i just have to bring up the first thing that pops into my mind which is captain's holiday which we're, we're i love sir patrick stewart i think he's a handsome man and i think he's a wonderful person but he's wearing this bright shiny speedo speedo yeah. i guess we'll say and also this like weird pink kind of shirt I, I don't know like there's not a, ever a good time that anybody shows up in uh, civilian clothing that i think is natural and it's his normal book looking. reading outfit okay it's <laughs> how he connects with the books some people have a smoking jacket he has a reading jacket so is 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 Jordy, Jordy right off screen singing the reading rainbow theme at this point? <laughs> I'm just wondering. Captain. Reading Captain. Literary Trek, there's a new theme. It's in a book. <laughs> but not a pattern. Yeah. You, you know, the things about Captain Picard being uptight. I don't know. That man dressed very sensually and freely. I, that's all I, you know, he, he's putting it out there. He knew when it was party time. It was like, I, know yeah. our fr- I, I know our friends at To The Journey... To the, to the journey. journey. Talk about, uh, you know, Captain Janeway's pink nighty. Watch Captain's Holiday again, uh, Tristan <laughs> and Char, and you will see the origin of the pink nighty with Captain Picard's outfit when it's he... the Captain's nighty. It's not even <laughs> just. It's not even Catherine's. It's it's. Yeah. Captain. Why didn't Playmates make a figure of that? I don't even know. Oh lordy, I think it's like the back room of Playmates. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think with the civilian clothes, well, I was going to say the men, but the women, too, like, ruffles are in during the 24th century. And shoulders. 
There's always oh, these like ruffles. Oh, hang and... on. Nope. Time out. Sorry, Philip. I know this is your episode. I have to bring this up. This is something we need to talk about. Yes. Um, uh, Riker's Janet Jackson oh, uh, outfit. We have to talk about his one From outfit the, that, that exposes is that Angel wa- One. Angel One. Oh, <laughs> Wait, no, Haven. Is it Haven? Which is a terrible episode. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's Haven. Isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Where he has to, um, where the men are women and the women are men, or something yes. like that. Yep, yeah. that's and Angel he, One. Haven is when um, Troy's. Uh, oh, you're right. Uh, the, comes. The, they were sick, and yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, the Angel okay. One, yeah. Angel One. I'm sorry, Darren. Darren was right. To you. <laughs> but oh, it's yeah, that episode. I mean, when, I don't when, remember specifically which episode Riker was wearing that outfit in. But I, <laughs> my head, I, I think it's Angel One. My but wife's gonna, right here, so I have to say Angel One no matter what. <laughs> If we're going to talk about characters exposing chest hair, I mean, oh come on. Like, he, he is literally just he's, – he's hanging out on one like, side. It's like, it's like a big V. And it's, it's, it's well, so it's you, apparent. Well, it's on the wrong side. L. It's something. <laughs> it's, it's so apparent to the viewers how silly this is that even Troy and <laughs> – wait, the security chief. Um, What's her name? <laughs> What's Blondie. her face? Um, they both <laughs> mock him for it and like giggle at him and laugh at him. It's so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, no, that was uh, that I think wins hands down <laughs> <laughs> for civilian, you know, relaxed clothing. Yeah, and I don't know how much you want to get into it because I think when we talk about Troy, we'll talk about Troy's uniforms. But so if I just say, obviously, she had uh, a few choices that she wore. I don't know, five or six. It's off the top of my head. You used to um, say her mother was the queen of the <laughs> strange, you know, costumes. Oh, I love her. Oh, costumes, they were great. Though. They were great. They were just very. They were very TOS unique. I feel yeah. like I could mm-hmm. see a lot of TOS characters wearing that. Yeah, that. That was the thing, you know. I mean, TOS was was you know with uh, what's his name, William Thice. I might be mispronouncing that, but you know, Gene Ronberry was basically, "How can I show a woman naked?" That's basically that was his <laughs> approach to TOS. Um, and so uh, you know, those were sort of how you got all those costumes there. Which you know, we were and they got they got a lot closer than we did. Yeah, oh yeah, like, we were much yeah. more conservative in the 1980s than Gene Roddenberry was originally in the 1960s. It's amazing. Like I'll watch. TOS now and I'll be like wow I cannot believe they got away with that outfit that's incredible we're just one piece of tape away from Lucille Ball must have signed off on it and been like this is great I wish I could have worn this and I love Lucy do it <laughs> maybe it's not a really good Lucille Ball impersonation but you you know what I mean. Lucy I don't know I don't I don't oh, know that. oh racism um so you know, we had, and, and I mean, it could be its own show, and, and we haven't really hit all the uh, major aliens of TNG yet. We've just hit a few. Um, so, but it, it, what are the sort of the standout alien uniforms for any of you all? I mean, you know, TNG established a lot. Um, I don't know if we created the Klingon warrior look, or, or was that maybe from the movies, like Star Trek three or five or six? I well, I mean, think TNG came before Star Trek five, but um, yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. So the Klingon warrior definitely is first that comes to mind. It just looks it, it's like the progression of the collar and the first contact uniform. It like it, it once they got it right, every Klingon wore that uniform. Like it, it and it worked. It looked really good. It looked like a uniform. It looked like something Klingons would fight in and you know, I totally bought it. Yeah, but the thing is like it, it's kind of established before TNG. Right, but like, it's still it's still very good. Yeah, I can't remember whether we, we like because if we didn't create it, we certainly refined it because I don't think it ever looked because Star Trek Five came after like season two or season three. I can't remember when. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, because Heart of Glory was in season one and that kind of showed. That. Yeah, I, I like. I'm specifically thinking of Star Trek Three, like Christopher Lloyd's character in Star Trek. 3. Yeah, I was trying to think it has kind of that gray uniform. It's, it's got like that kind of. It's kind of got there. that gray. Yeah, Other. yeah. We do. We do. Like we we do refine it in a way, um, but it is kind of I think more established. In that in the TOS kind of movies, yeah. And then I mean, you know, I, I guess maybe well, not maybe. I think a criticism, obviously, well, not just TNG. I think all of Star Trek, but certainly we did it as well. You know, we sort of have the uh, one uniform aliens. You know, uh, Daniel, your favorite, of course, Romulans. They're always wearing their their football player soccer outfits. Go Romulus, go. Right, and then we finally got to see some Remans, and so what they were wearing for a change, which apparently is also big in the shoulder area, 
because uh, Shinzon uh, definitely had weak shoulders, but he apparently had six foot high <laughs> shoulders in, with his uniform. Well, his shoulders had must spent, be above my he head. Had, he had not spent years and years underground in some crazy prison yet, so you can't you can't blame it on him yet. Oh, uh, but I feel what he feels <laughs> that this is a horrible movie. Um, yeah, Cardassians their uh, their helmet thing. Oh yeah, whatever that was like. Let's take a they, trapezoid and stick it on our heads. But they grew yeah. less safety conscious. Um, so you yeah, know, they, I'm glad they were deregulating that didn't last very long. I do wish they had kept more of the little the way they had their uh, their little kind of side goatees. I thought oh. that I thought that was clever. I liked that. It, it, it was an alien type of facial hair. It felt like. Why didn't you like it, Daniel? <laughs> he likes his Cardassian like he like. I have no idea. I can't finish that one. <laughs> like his Kadar. <laughs> if you watch, if you watch the Cardassians on TNG, which may or may not be an upcoming show that we do here on Real Grey, um, if you watch them, they're very fleshy colored, like human fleshy colored. They're yeah. very. Um, they're in their prototype the kind of phase. human, Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. I guess maybe that's. God. Whatever, Philip. Thanks for calling me out on my gut, <laughs> my, my my racism. Apparently, that I didn't know I had. Um, you know, they're very okay. They're very peachy colored. Um, what kind you of say peachy? Philip? I'm here. I'm standing right here. <laughs> uh, I I mean, I like. I appreciate. Obviously, the Cardassians. They were in their infant stage, and and like they they glued like weird styrofoam to their chests and they had those half helmets to their yeah. foreheads and yeah right and then they had like you said they kind of had the, the the handlebar mustaches and like they were a good design starting off but but what we got later on in in tng and and obviously in deep space nine is just a it's just a more refined design it's just better and like i like that they become paler and that that's like they're, they're like lizards right yeah they're, they're reptilian and it, that's part of the, who they are and what they what they do and it just makes more sense to me. So I don't I did I did not miss the fact that they lost their <laughs> their TOS Klingon mustaches, which is kind basically of what they that's were, true. You know? Yeah. So I I'm looking forward to the future of the orb episode titled How the Cardassians Got Their Facial Hair Back. I think that would be great. <laughs> you know. Just a suggestion, guys. You know. Weekend at um, Ducats. I'm just thinking right. of all these great, great uh, titles. <laughs> um, well, and, and just I just want to do some uh, some background here about actually calling out names here. Um, so the costume designer, not for the for all of TNG, but for most of TNG, at least the last five seasons, was uh, Robert Blackman, um, and hence, so he did the last five seasons of TNG. He did the entire run of Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Uh, he worked on the movie Generations. And he's the one who helped introduce the movie uniforms for Next Generation. So th- those wonderful uniforms you have him to thank for, um, uh, Robert Blackman. Um, and there, he was actually got was nominated for Emmys and received them for costume design. So I'm just going to go through these real quick, and you can uh, either agree or roll your eyes at these. Uh, in 91, he got the Emmy Award nominated for the episode Devil's Do, which... I don't know why. Yay! Likes. Devil's Do! Um, it's a great episode. He, he actually got the Emmy... For costume design in 92 for Cost of Living, which is Daniel's not favorite episode. Boo. <laughs> if you don't remember this one, this is Loxana Troy meets Alexander, the crossover. This is the Mud all, Bath all, one? It is. Yes. It is. Okay. Um, yes, it is. He also got the Emmy in 93 for the episode Times Arrow Part 2. Oh, that's Boo. amazing. So apparently, Mark Twain was well, in that That was year. probably all of the you know, historical stuff. They usually win for that. Look, we recreated <laughs> something no, that you look. all know. Go ahead, and finish then the all, list. And, <laughs> and well, it's the last one, and I know we can get a universal one for this. He got he was nominated. He did not win, but he was nominated in '94 for with All Good Things, which he shared with Abram Waterhouse. So you know, like imagine, I, I, I don't know, I don't know what this is like, but imagine that you you you've worked all your life on a few projects, and the ones that you think are the worst win all the awards, and the ones that you think are the best don't win anything. That's what this list looks like to me. Because he wins, he wins an award for uh, a, low, uh, a an Alexander episode and Times Arrow, <laughs> and he does not win the award for Devil's Due, which is a great episode, and for All Good Things, which is the, one of the best episodes of TNG. And I just, I, I, I cry for this man because because if he if if any any episode deserves that award, it's All Good Things because what a perfect episode overall that is. 
And apparently, like, he, was, he wasn't nominated past 94. I mean, but he also worked on Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. Well, there was a lot of costuming. Or is this just well, the well, well, next-gen list? I, yeah, I just, I just included the next-gen list because okay, if okay, you want to learn okay. about his say, awards and other sad. series, <laughs> go listen to them. All right? This is our hour on Trek FM. <laughs> we never reference. Not like we don't talk about shows. all the other series anyway. So <laughs> to the journey. <laughs> I already mentioned Standard Orbit, the Orb to the Journey. We got to fit War Five somehow in this. So um, War Five's a show that came later. <laughs> it had jumpsuits, but different kinds jumpsuits. and more comfortable. With pockets. very good jumpsuits, though better jumpsuits than we had. So any final thoughts about costumes and, and uniforms? Um, I'll, I'll start off, you guess, a second to think. I um, mean, I think we really saw a lot. I mean, we haven't talked about the different aliens and, and everything else, um, you know. Uh, but, but you know, Borg fashion, obviously very progressive. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I think we definitely saw, you know, sort of that early 80s stuff or late, excuse me, late 80s influence but it's it definitely evolved over time it's sort of exciting to see not only how our star fleeters um got to evolve you got to see different aliens to a certain extent uh evolve at least how they looked um and i think that's one good thing you know you like like we've mentioned before if if you just see an episode you know like a still you can look at the costumes look at the uniforms look at everyone's appearances how long is horse hair you know whatever is troy in a uniform and you can kind of tell what season it is generally and i think that's an evolution that is in tng where it's not the same you know there's there's actual you know progression um in, in the look and so you know in some ways you could say well maybe it's because we're never satisfied why couldn't we just stick to something but i think it's more that we were always improving so so any final thoughts darren about the uh, costumes and uniforms in tng no, I think they were great. I think the costumes were really good. I just realized I think the quintessential late 80s costume, though, has to be Dr. Leia Brahms. She's got the 80s hair. <laughs> she's got the 80s color palette and shoulders. Like, she just walked into a very important business meeting. But, no, I think uh, I think they did a good job in, in, all of, in all of Star Trek, but definitely in... Uh, in next gen, I think they did a lot of great things and and created a lot of good things, as we've stated. You've had from the spandex to the you know to the transitional you know generation ones to first contact. You know our characters have won a lot a lot of great things, but they all look really good in all of it. Daniel, you put on the final sock here. What are your what are your thoughts here? You know, I was born in the mid '80s, I guess you would say. So, you know, don't be offended anybody who's older than me, which which may be most of our audience. I have no idea. He missed pleather, uh, guys. I, he missed pleather. <laughs> but I think that's probably a, a lot of the reason that we did get so much change is because, you know, the late 80s and early 90s was a very – it was a big shift in culture. It was a big shift in fashion. It was a big shift in science. It was a, it's You know, it's a pretty significant time in history, and I think – Maybe because things were happening so starting to happen really fast and change, maybe they were trying to distance themselves from the awkward 80s that we went through. Again, late 80s child, I'm more of a 90s kid. But I, I don't know. Of course, I think that a lot of uh, Star Trek gets costuming right when it matters, when it's, when it's the main crew, when it's like what they're doing and every day and... But I think it takes some serious missteps with a bunch of random aliens that kind of don't matter week to week. And when, you know, TNG is especially guilty of this, like the, you know, the uh, just these costumes that people wear that uh, like we talked about, like the, the civilian clothing and stuff. I don't know. I think it's a mixed bag. I think honestly, I think TNG is kind of a mixed bag. And and I'll even bring it into the movies like with Insurrection. Or even Nemesis, like, but Insurrection, like, really boring uniform uh, costuming for the Sona, whatever the Sona. Thank you, I can't remember. Baku, Baku, whatever they are, whatever. They're the same people. Dun dun dun. (laughs) (laughs) But even I like I'll I'll bring it even into Nemesis, like, uh, you know, kind of looks ridiculous sometimes, but uh, when it when it when it counts, when it's our heroes, when it's the the people that matter, I think Star Trek is more hit than miss for sure you know we, we are more first contact uniforms than the motion picture uniforms and 
I think that matters. I think that's important. So uh, it was fun. I, I, I don't know. It was it was fun talking about this, and, and I think that it'll be interesting to see where the next Star Trek picks up. Well, Daniel, you're right. It has been fun talking about costumes and uniform today. But this is just one of the many Trek topics we've been talking about on the network this week. Here's a quick look at what else you may have missed on Trek.fm this week. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. With the Slushoverse, a lot of people are wondering, is J.J. going to stick Slusho into Star Wars? <gasps> Earl Grey. It's like Leroy Jenkins. You know, he comes running in. <laughs> Sir, there's another starship entering the zone. It's the Enterprise! <laughs> Enterprise! <laughs> the Orb. But the, here's the thing. They put themselves in a box with Dax. It's such a cool sci-fi concept to say that the symbiont is the 300-year-old slug and the outer host body, you know, they're, they're mixed together. And that the, the host changes from the... The Ready Room. Because, I mean, what's the alternative? If you're, if you're not going to do what, what Chris just suggested, I mean, what's he going to do? Get down on his knees and say, oh, Emissary, I'm with you now? I mean, <laughs> right, that's right. not really going to work either, right? So Allow me to, to ride my flaming chariot back to Starfleet. To the journey! I am genuinely excited for this week's episode because we are doing a commentary on Threshold. Yes, you heard that right. Threshold, the infamous episode that everybody loves to hate, but I love to love it. Warp 5. But the fact that they had been in so many other shows before, that they literally were pulling footage from Voyager to help flesh out that episode, I think it's sort of like, it's a it's an Easter egg and it's a theme and it's also literally pulling out of another show. Commentary, Trek stars. I feel like he always had the sense that the younger generation had a, a much clearer sense of what the future was going to be like than, than sort of the, the previous one. Melodic Treks. And these theme come on and I just thought brilliantly tied in with the original series because these were the original series characters but it was giving it a movie feel and he just did a brilliant job on his composition. Continuing mission. We have had long discussions in the office about how we can get an appropriate chair sitting simulator into the game. Unfortunately, that's such a specific system that would really only be used by Riker. Literary Treks. And then she leads him back to her place and says, Welcome back to my place. It's a good place to be together. And Kirk says, Together is good. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. Check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows podcast directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. If you would like to contact us to share your thoughts on today's show, just go to trek.fm slash contact. From there, choose Send a Show and select Earl Grey. These messages will be emailed to the three of us. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page on trek.fm to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone. The conversation is always going on with our podcast crew and other listeners in our forums at trek.fm slash forums. And finally, in social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm and on Twitter under username trek.fm. You can also leave a rating on our iTunes page in order to help other listeners find our show. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps bring us Earl Grey to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read, but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks, with more than 150,000 titles to choose from, and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, and even some of the most famous Star Trek books, like Imzadi, Federation, and Q-squared, Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek.fm listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today, catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read, and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek.fm. And also, Trek Fan, 
a great way for you to take your love of Star Trek and put it into action. At TrekFan, you will explore new places, learn new things, and collaborate with other fans to solve puzzles, complete real-life mission objectives, and win great prizes. Challenges include communications, engineering, and flight operations. There's internet relay chat, free books through Starfleet Academy, and much more. Best of all, it's absolutely free. Not just free to play, but completely free. Find out more by visiting fm.trekfan.org. Again, that's fm.trekfan.org. And remember to use a special URL so they know you heard about it here on Earl Grey and Trek.fm. And lastly, there's one more way you can directly help us keep Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that is by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations anyway. If you go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available as both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels for you to choose from. Just let us know which you would like in which format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate, and your support helps us pay for the cost of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each and every week. All right, Darren, if uh, folks want to talk to you about your evolution of fashion, where can they reach you on the Internet? They can find me on Twitter under username Dr. Sci-Fi. That's D-R-S-C-I-F-I. And do you also have your own podcast? I do. They can also listen as we discuss different sci-fi topics each month at DrSciFi.com. All right. And Daniel, if folks want to talk about all the things they can hide under their Romulan shoulder pads, where can they find you on the Internet? Everything. Everything is the answer to that question. Those shoulder pads are huge. Um, they can talk to me, of course, um, on Twitter, at 1UpDan, and that is the number one, not the word. And seriously, let's have a Romulan conversation. I would love to. And if folks want to see me wearing not a DS9 jumpsuit, not a Voyager jumpsuit, but what I like to think of as the 10-minute uh, mid-mark in Generations jumpsuit, they can go to my Twitter and find me at NC Public Servant. That's NC, like, North Carolina. Um, all right, guys. Well, it's kind of getting hot in here, so I'm going to go uh, take off these 20 layers of uniforms I'm wearing and put on some spandex. So we will see you all next week right here on Earl Grey. Make it so. Live long and prosper. Endgame. Fire. 